Back here on Overtime, segment number two of hour number two here on this beautiful Thursday night in Knoxville, Tennessee for our podcast group. Uh, first segment was just calls, so now we get you right back into the action. Um, the Washington Commanders uh, have announced they've hired Dan Quinn, former Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator, to be their next head coach. Uh, Quinn, who's 53 years old, becomes a head coach for the second time in his career. Uh, he directed the Atlanta Falcons from 2015 to 2020, finishing with a 43-42 and record with an appearance in the Super Bowl against Tom Brady, uh, Tom Brady the uh, infamous 28-3 collapse mm. in the Super Bowl. Um, Washington is hoping the pairing of an experienced Dan Quinn with first-year general manager Adam Peters ignites a long-overdue turnaround uh, the commanders just moved off Ron Rivera, keep in mind who was a defensive-minded coach, um, on January 8th after a 4-13 and record in his fourth season as their coach. Uh, Washington's last playoff victory was in 2005 when I was three years old, so that's yeah. not good. Mm-hmm. Um, is this a good hire for the commanders? I'll say it this way. Uh, it could have been worse. Uh, I, think, I could think of some worse options, uh, but it's still not great. It's not a needle mover for me. It's not like I see this headline and I'm like, oh, wow, they hired Dan Quinn. It was more like, wow, they hired Dan Quinn. Um, I thought he was going to go to Seattle. Uh, Seattle yeah. goes a different route, so Washington – um, is kind of left with it. It feels like the options had kind of run out yes, a little right. bit. You know, Ben Johnson says no, he's not going anywhere. Bobby Slowick says no, he's not going anywhere. You're not really left with a ton. You had to just go at least get someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still think I would have gone with maybe Mike Vrabel, who is still on the market yeah. as of today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They instead decide to, to go with Dan Quinn, who, yeah, does have playoff experience. Man, the way that tenure in Atlanta ended was a disaster. Uh, that team was really bad and should not have been really bad by the time he left. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And that was a contending team. Is he ready to start a rebuild? I mean, he's never done it as a head coach. It wasn't really an Atlanta team that was rebuilding when mm-hmm. he got there in 2015. Um, offensively, we'll talk about it in a minute. Not a needle mover for me at all. No. Defensively, you should be decent. You, you got a couple pieces. You got a ton of draft capital again, which we'll talk about. So, you can build a good defensive scheme, but man, when when you move off of a defensive minded coach, why are you going to get another one? Well, you you talk about his time ending in Atlanta. Also, let's not forget what he put on display about three weeks ago. Well, that too against yeah. the Packers. I yep. mean, that's a that's a tough way to finish off your time with the Cowboys. Absolutely. Um, and they won the best defenses all year, and then mm-hmm. you allow a first year starter to do that to you on your home field. That was uh, questionable as well. Uh, Jace, your thoughts? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of with Dawson right here. It's it's not the worst thing that could happen, but I, th- I think they were uh, just overall at the start of the coaching carousel that we were having. There were definitely some better options that I might have went after, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, of course, Ben Johnson was a good option, but of course, we know that he was he's going to stay in Detroit. Uh, Bobby Slowick, after just one short year in Houston, had an option there, but uh, uh, again, staying with Houston. So, I mean, I, I think he was definitely the best defensive option out of everybody there because I, I think, in at least in the regular season with the pieces that he had, he was really consistent. That Cowboys defense was flying around. Uh, but, again, not really fully impressed by this hire. I, I thought they would have gone offensive as well. Yeah, I, I think they're kind of settling here. Yeah. And, obviously, the options have kind of run dry now. 
Um, but Dan Quinn, I think, deserves a, a another chance as a head coach because I think I think he had a lot of success with Atlanta. But keep in mind, uh, Kyle Shanahan was his offensive coordinator, right? Mm-hmm. And look what he's done for the 49ers. So then that makes you go, okay, well, was that offensive success from Kyle Shanahan? Yeah, was that Falcon success from Kyle Shanahan as well? Uh, you know, the, the the verdict's still out there, but um, I think this is a, a settling hire. And when you fire your coach, uh, you're looking to make a, a step in the right direction. I think this is a step that's like a, a centimeter in front, but also to like the right, like just like yeah. a little bit forward. Um, you know that meme where it's that guy that's um, standing there and acting like he lost weight, but he also but oh, he's standing picture, further back. He just stands further back. <laughs> All he did was step back. His that's, shadow gets yeah. a little bit smaller. Yeah. yeah, that's what this is. All he did was step back, <laughs> and it's a, basically the same same deal in my opinion. Dan Quinn was a really good defensive coordinator for them, uh, but for an offense that has struggled for multiple seasons, I, I can't imagine why you'd hire a defensive mind when you have a top-two pick that's going to be most likely Drake May. Um, and, and now they're in the same position as uh, the Patriots and as uh, the, the Seahawks who have – inferior quarterback play hiring defensive minded guys Falcons as well yeah Yeah. Falcons as well Um, and I I don't understand it I really don't just considering how much we've harped I guess if they listen to our show they know what to do but um, (laughs) how much we've harped on hiring an offensive minded guy and what that means for a young quarterback and 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 what that means for a franchise going on with a young quarterback so um, good hire uh, I'm not going to say no, but I think it's a settling hire is my opinion. Uh, the Commanders finished towards the league's bottom with 19.4 points per game this season, 312 yards per game, and 56 plays of 20-plus yards in the first year with offensive coordinator uh, Eric Bieniemy um, and Howe. Uh, Washington ranks 29th over the past seven seasons, however, averaging 19.2 points per game. Um, does a defensive mind prepare the commanders for an offensive reboot? My vote is no. What do you guys say? Absolutely not. This is like if you had just kept Ron Rivera on board. It feels like to me, right. mm-hmm. uh, you're not you're not moving <clears throat> you're not moving a needle offensively uh, for a team that is going to need to move the needle offensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what you've been poor at the past seven years now. Uh, and to, you know to restart, you needed to go get a guy that that can scheme you an offense that'll work. That's modern. Uh, Dan Quinn, I don't think is going to do that. Depending on who he brings in, now if he brings in a good staff, okay, maybe you can work something out like he did in Atlanta with Kyle Shanahan. If you can find an offensive mind, mm. maybe it works. But in terms of him as a head coach, no, I would have hired Eric Bieniemy at that point. Yeah. He's already in your building. I, I don't know. You look past him for Dan Quinn. I, I don't. I don't know if I like that either. Uh, you've got pieces to have a good offense. You still need a quarterback. Uh, I don't you know need if an I offensive line. You need offensive line as well. But you know, quarterback is probably first and foremost. That's that second pick. It, it likely is going to be Drake May. Mm. I don't know if I trust Dan Quinn himself to develop a quarterback like that um, and to restart a, a rebuild. Um, I don't know. If the right staff's higher, things will go right. I think it's a lot uh, like Seattle. Uh, if McDonald mm. brings in the right guys, I think they'll do well offensively. Yeah, uh, again, just harping on not or bringing in a defensive guy. I mean, you've str- you struggled with a defensive guy for so long, and like you, like you said, William, it does feel like a settle higher here. Uh, and, and it, like It's really a lateral move on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, like you said, Dawson, there's some pieces that you can work with, but you still don't have your quarterback to build around. And uh, if you're going to want to bring in a young guy and throw him to the Wolves, have at it. But, I mean, 
for long, for like early success, this one this one's going to take a while for Dan Quinn to turn this thing around. Uh, more breaking news now entering this hour: uh, Raiders are expected to hire former Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury as their next offensive coordinator. Uh, now Kingsbury was a guy that was rumored to be um, a, a a Bears candidate. Um, but now with the Raiders, we'll, we'll probably dive into that if we have time at the end of the hour or tomorrow, but another uh, revelation coming out of uh, Las Vegas. Um, back to the Commanders here um, in terms of an offensive reboot. Uh, it's very similar to what the Seahawks need to do. Um, I, I think the Seahawks have a lot better weapons around um, on the offensive side of the ball compared to the um, Washington Commanders, but um, it, it's still got to get an offensive-minded coach, got to get a quarterback um, and got to have an offensive mind that knows how to groom a quarterback. Um, you've got to boost up your offensive line. Sam Howell faced all sorts of pressure this season. Um, and their, their uh, weapons, Terry McLaurin's a good receiver. Um, I like uh, Robinson from Alabama. Mm. Um, who, Dotson, uh, Dotson's good as well. Curtis Samuel as well. They've got some good pieces. Um, but they're struggling finding a guy that can throw it to them. So I think reboot that offensive line, give it some more beef, and you got to find an offensive mind that's going to be able to work out with a, a rookie quarterback. Um, Washington has nine selections in the 2024 NFL draft, including six in the top 102. Uh, it also has 73.6 million of projected salary cap space this offseason. Um, where should that money be allocated, and what kind of draft pick should they make? Uh, I think you start with a quarterback. I think you probably draft that at this point. Mm -hmm. um, you're in number two. You're going to definitely, most likely, get Drake May. Depending on what the Chicago Bears decide to do with number one, you could end up with Williams at two. Uh, we'll just have to see, obviously, with Kingsbury not going to Chicago. I, I think Kingsbury was going to be one of the, do the dominoes that helped Chicago decide to draft Williams if they had picked up Cliff Kingsbury. Um, they don't. Um, so maybe now Chicago pivots and sticks with Fields. And if that's the case, even better, you get Williams at two. Uh, but you start there. Sam Howell, I don't think, is a long-term NFL starter. I didn't even think that when they drafted him. Um, so you start right there. You get your franchise guy and start to develop him. After that, it's the offensive line. I mean, this is a really, really bad offensive line. Yeah. Uh, I think ranked at 29th in the in the NFL uh, in terms of their pass protection score, which is – I mean, that's really bad. It's not yeah. going to cut it at all. Um, it, it's a, a line that had moments – uh, notably against the Eagles, they look very good, but just never put it together consistently. Mm -hmm. So get pieces there as well. I think you can draft that also. Well, a very deep offensive line class mm -hmm. this year. Uh, and then get a few more defensive pieces. This was not a good defense either. 389 yards given up per game is good for 29th in the league. Uh, they gave up 59 touchdowns, which is 3.5 per game. It's mm. you know, a stark difference between them and the rest of the NFL mm. uh, in terms of touchdowns. So get some defensive pieces. Just start to build up. You're, you're going to be entering a rebuild, so the draft I think is going to be key for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I think Sam Howell might have been the most sacked quarterback last year. If I, I think yeah. he's, he's it or – one of them so I mean uh, I think beefing up a line for me is probably the first thing uh, I, I definitely think finding your established like this is your guy kind of quarterback is going to be big for him uh, maybe to take a leap in that offensive sect and like you said getting some uh, defensive pieces I'd, I'd like to see them go after some DBs to help out St. Juice back there I think I thought St. Juice had a pretty good year this year uh, but he's out there by himself and they were getting torched every time I turned on the television with them on there so <laughs> uh, grab up some DBs get you a QB and I think O-line for me is definitely that put an asterisk beside it that's the one you want to do. Yeah, so I'm pulling up here. Uh, Commanders draft number two in the first round. They've got two second-round picks, two third-round picks, 
a fourth-round pick, fifth-round pick, sixth-round pick, seventh-round pick. So you've got five picks in the top three rounds, first two days. Um, those are opportunities to make really impactful picks. I think Drake May is the obvious. I think you need an offensive tackle. I think you need a couple edge rushers as well, mm-hmm. moving on from Chase Young. Um, and then, I, you know, just kind of go from that route. I think the interior defensive line needs to get a boost um, with some of those trades you made this year. Um, quarterback play, obviously. Offensive lineman play needs to be boosted. Um, so, in my opinion, if I could order it, I'd take quarterback, your best offensive lineman available, um, your best edge rusher available, your next best offensive lineman available, and then uh, I guess your next best player available in those first five picks. That'd be my my game plan. And then in terms of all that money you've got this offseason, um, evaluate your roster and say, all right, where's our biggest hole? Where do we need the most help? If you've got a rookie quarterback, I wouldn't mind going fishing for the best offensive lineman available. Now, obviously, um, it might be tough to recruit the number one offensive lineman to go play for the commanders, uh, but if the money's right and the money's there, I'm sure they'll do it. So um, I think the, the most important thing is making sure you hammer down, getting your quarterback, getting your offensive-minded coach, getting that offensive line set, and then evaluating what you've got coming up. Uh, I guess, what the rest you need to do. Um, And when we come back, we'll talk about the NFL Pro Bowl. Is it even worth watching? That starts tonight at 7 p.m. Actually, I already started. Um, We'll talk about that and if they should even continue to do it right here on Overtime. White Claw is taking hard seltzer to new heights with White Claw Surge. At 8% alcohol, White Claw Surge is a stronger wave of refreshment that doesn't compromise on taste. Available in four bold waves of flavor like ripe blackberry, citrusy blood orange, zesty natural lime, and tart cranberry. Check out your favorite retailer in-store and online for the White Claw Surge Variety 12-pack and 16-ounce single-serve cans. White Claw Surge, please drink responsibly. Is your home's exterior in need of a makeover? If so, it's time to call North Knox Siding and Windows. Transform your home's curb appeal with premium siding options. From classic to modern styles, they've got something to suit every taste. Upgrade to energy-efficient windows that'll keep your home comfortable all year round while saving you money on your energy bills. North Knox Siding and Windows. Get ready to fall in love with your home all over again. Online at NorthKnoxSidingAndWindows.com. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865. 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team. Delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. Are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. 
Check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia, where your journey begins. Are you tired of looking at that piece of furniture that is wore down but you don't want to get rid of it? Go see our friends at Sun Upholstery and Fabric. Locally and family owned and operated with over 67 years of combined experience. Located at 8913 Oak Ridge Highway. Give them a call today at 865-237-3272 or visit them online at fabricsun.com. That's fabricsun.com and be sure to tell Stan that you heard about him right here on Fan Run Radio. Back here on Overtime, final segment of a great hour here on Overtime. Thursday, one more day till the end of the weekend, or end of the week, I should say, uh, and a lot of great stuff here. Another little breaking news update. Uh, Brian Callahan, um, the father of, uh, gosh, what's, am I right? Bill, Bill Callahan. Bill yes, Callahan. Brian, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. getting my Callahans mixed up, yeah. Um, I was also thinking of Bo Callahan. Uh, from <laughs> Draft, draft Day. day. <laughs> That's how I messed up again. Uh, Bill Callahan. Uh, the father of um, the Callahan just got hired for the Tennessee Titans. He's now coming over from the Browns and will join the Titans staff as an offensive lineman coach. Uh, plenty of experience in the NFL. Really good hire for them. Um, quick little update there. All right, let's get into the Pro Bowl um, because the first day of the Pro Bowl, which features seven skills competitions, will air live on ESPN tonight going on right now. Um, four more skill events plus three seven-on-seven flag football games will take place Sunday beginning at 3 p.m. on ESPN and ABC. Uh, the flag football game, which raised eyebrows when it debuted last year as a replacement for the traditional tackle football game, uh, holds a little bit of a new significance now um, as the sport will be a contest in the 2028 Olympics in Los Angeles. Um, Thursday's competitions consist of, and, and some of these are just ridiculous, uh, the best catch, which is kind of their form of a dunk, dunk contest, contest, I guess. Um, best catch, precision passing, and I tweeted this out earlier. Um, Garner Minshew is one of the players in the precision what? passing yeah. competition. He completed 62% of his passes this year. That was worse than Mitch Trubisky. Um, he is participating in the precision what? passing tonight. Um, closest to the pin, they're playing golf. Golf? Playing golf. Playing golf. Uh, high stakes. Um, it's basically like how many things you can juggle at once. It's a punt catching competition okay. where you see how many footballs you can catch right. in your hand. Um, dodgeball. Yeah, yeah. And moving on, dodgeball, another per, uh, dude, dude perfect, perfect. segment. Hey. Um, kick, kick, tack, toe, which is a kicking competition where oh, they put a big board hey. up and you have to kick into. Uh, Certain spots. Yeah. There's some real creative names. And another <laughs> another new one is called Snapshots, which okay. is a, a long snapping competition oh, as the long snappers oh, man. snap it into, uh, I guess, different obstacles. I I'm going to that, that one. That's I'm not going to lie. Yeah, right that one, there, that one sounds know. like it'd be pretty fun. Um, and then Saturday's competitions, in addition to the flag football game, a Madden NFL head to head game, which could be fun uh, for some players yeah. uh, playing Madden. Um, gridiron Gauntlet, which is an obstacle course yeah. that last year looked so goofy. Yeah. Um, tug of War. I actually I could get around that. Okay. I am a yeah. fan of Tug of War. Yeah. Uh, move the Chains. I didn't really dive into what that is. Uh, we'll get just let it be what down. it is. Um, and uh, <laughs> say what? Get a first down? Yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Dude, this has your job. And then flag football. So 
Um, obviously, this is not the oh, same traditional man. Pro Bowl that many of us grew up on and watched. Um, but however, I think they had to make this change because of how bland and boring the yeah. Pro Bowl product was mm. at all. Um, so is the Pro Bowl even worth watching at this point? If you want something like fun, lighthearted, you know, low stress, you just turn the TV on, oh, this looks pretty fun, and, and you know, you want to get some laughs on some of these games, then yeah. If, it, if you see it as just lighthearted fun, I think it probably is for a casual football fan. Uh, for competitive value, no, not in the slightest. Even the flag football now, a little bit more stakes now that we've heard it's going to be in the Olympics, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Um, but other than that, no, not really. yeah, I, I'm I'm not a fan. I do like the the names of the competitions. I I, th- I think that's I guess something that they've worked on that makes it a little bit more <laughs> yeah. appealing to me. Like kick tac toe. I mean, that's hard to beat. <laughs> I don't think I could even come up with that. But I mean, besides that, I, I hate the flag football initiative. I think it's kind of lame. But I mean, they weren't hitting anyways. It's glorified uh, hugging and running. So I'm 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 very against it still. Look, the the Pro Bowl was just a. T- terrible product already um and and really as we have moved on to this kind of load management and and guarding our injuries kind of uh world now in sports uh the pro bowl was never going to be able to survive mm-hmm. as a full force stack no, of football game and no. um it got so bad where you had mac jones going untouched for 75 yard touchdowns which we knew it was a exhibition game when that's happening um <laughs> yeah. so I, I thought the product it was was bland, it was boring, one fun. I guess this is at least something you can watch um, on a Thursday night. You want to throw this on? I get it, um, but it's not something that I'm rushing to the couch for. No, um, and and we'll talk about it here in a minute. But there are a couple other All Star weekends that I would rush to the couch for, and, and absolutely we'll dive into those in a minute. Should the NFL do away with the Pro Bowl entirely? I don't think so. I, I like having something between the conference championship and the Super Bowl. Um, you know, even if you have to change it even more, I just like having something to watch NFL wise, where you're not just having an empty week where you have nothing um, between the the two games. Mm. Um, so I like having it. But you just need to make it more enjoyable to watch, more interesting to watch. Add some stakes, so like I yeah. like I want to watch the Pro Bowl because right now I I don't want to watch the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I mean the the only thing that I can think of incentives wise, I, I think like the winning team gets like a uh, a bigger bonus or something for making right. the Pro Bowl or something. So uh, maybe make that a little bit bigger. Maybe make guys that you know. Uh, needs may, might need some extra cash. Maybe they didn't hit like an incentive or something in the contract. Let them get out there and uh, let loose. I mean, uh, I, I think it's good to be there. I just I I don't think they do it the right way. I mean, a few years ago we saw Tyler Huntley out there as a Pro Bowler. That should never happen. <laughs> uh, and this year we've got Gardner Minshew out there. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah, the the Pro Bowl I think should be done away with. And I know that might upset some people, but I I think it, there's it's a waste of time in my opinion i know you've got to have something going on in between the super bowl and the conference championship games um but i think you've already got all pro players and and you know all pro list i think that should be the the only pro team list out there i know um you know this is supposed to be a, a similar to the all-star game um but it doesn't feel like that especially towards the end of the season mm-hmm. and i don't think you could put it in the middle of the season either because players are not going to have any more juice to play in a pro bowl anyway um what i did used to like the mlb used to do is the winner of the game would have home, home field, field advantage, advantage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah um but you can't really do that here because the super bowl is played a neutral, neutral site yeah. so um I, I think it should be done away with entirely i i don't see the fun 
and I hate to be a Debbie Downer here, but I don't see the fun in watching uh, kick-tack-toe and snapshots. <laughs> And that's just I my mean, opinion. Snapchat might be the lamest thing on the planet, but I mean, oh, at, at least at least they're giving the long snappers, you know, s- some some glory, some glory that they don't get yeah, every day. I, I don't know? know how they sell tickets to this thing. Uh, <laughs> I really don't. All right, um, let's move on to the final one here. Rank the three major sports All Star weekends. I'm cheating a little bit. I'm making it four instead of three. Okay, yeah, okay. we can do that. I, I guess NHL counts as well. Are uh, you at NHL? Yeah. Okay. I am. Okay. So I had the MLB at one, and I don't think it's close. Uh, by far the best All Star week. Uh, just the lead up to it, the ambiance of the home run derby. I almost Love prefer it. watching the home run derby to the All Star game uh, because the crowd's packed out. That place is standing room only. The whole concourse is full, and you just get to spend three hours watching a tournament of 16 or 8, however many guys are in, eight, 8 of the best home run hitters in the MLB just hitting nukes for three yeah. hours. It's great. Uh, but then the actual game feels competitive to me, mm-hmm. and it has been. It's been a great game the past few years. comes down to the ninth inning, a walk-off or a late homer, uh, where you get a big star that has a big moment, and you feel like that has stakes. Now, no more home field advantage is kind of lame, but you know I get it. I get why they did away with that. They want to reward the team that has a better record. But I do. I just love that whole week. It feels mm-hmm. more competitive than any other sports All Star week. So, MLB at one. I have the NHL at two. They have a, a divisional tournament for their for their All Star game now. Mm-hmm. It's actually going on this week as well. Um, and I just love the format of like it's like a double elimination tournament. The best players out there again, letting loose a little bit like the Pro Bowl. But at least like in hockey, it's a little bit more fun to watch. I think when they do that, uh, you see guys just trying stuff that they would never do yeah. in a game. Um, and their skills contest is way better too. Fastest skater, hardest shot. It's actually stuff that like matters. Um, <laughs> it, it, you know, players are proud of some of that stuff at least right. instead of kick tack toe. Um, so I have them at two. The NBA's at three. I think if the dunk contest was better, it'd be at two. Uh, the dunk contest has been. Ugh, I mean. It's been okay. The three-point contest hasn't had great shooters in it the last few years. Uh, they, they are having that Stephen Curry, Sabrina Ionescu That'll thing cool. this year, which is kind of cool. Like um, but and then the All Star game, it's like kind of like the Pro Bowl to me. It's, they go out there and eh, like nobody's playing defense. Everybody's kind of standing around. Uh, but then the Pro Bowl is at four, and I don't think it's relatively close. Mm-hmm. We already covered it. Yeah, MLB is definitely my first one. I, th- I think the first thing that I think of when somebody says All-Star Weekend is the Home Run Derby because, yep. I mean, like you said, you, you get eight of those just uh, big-name guys that are getting paid $40 bucks a year to go hit home runs, and they just get to do it nonstop for three hours. I mean, you're sitting seeing some of them, especially a couple years ago when you saw like Giancarlo Stanton out there and Aaron Judge. I mean, they're hitting like 500 500- Guerrero as well, Vladdy Guerrero. Vlad Guerrero's putting them out there at like 490. I mean, what beats that? And like you said, the All-Star game is competitive because, I mean, it's usually more on the pitcher's side just because those high-end pitchers are paid that much for a reason and they really show out during that. Uh, So I I think that whole weekend's a lot better. They also get like the the Futures games out there where they take like the best prospects out there and they play a hell of a game too, so that's always fun. Uh, I don't have NHL in there. I haven't watched it at all, but it does sound really cool. Uh, I've got NBA at second, dunk contest, like you said, not what it used to be. I mean, back in like the early 2000s and, you know, even back to 2016 when you had Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon back and forth, that was so much fun three-point contest hasn't lived up uh, to what it used to be um, and definitely third at the bottom of the rung is going to be NFL for me just because it, it's gotten soft I mean 
I used to I mean you could look at like hardest hits compilations to see Sean Taylor taking out that punter that oh. one time and yeah. th- that's about the hardest hit you've ever seen in a Pro Bowl and it's never been the same since. Yeah, uh, real quick I know we're running out of time here. Number 1 for me is the NBA. Uh, it, it's something growing up I guess was just sentimental to me. Um, every weekend it always fell on the same weekend as President's Day weekend mm-hmm. and uh just I think it's a whole experience. You have um I'm not a big fan of the celebrity game, but I like the Rising Stars game because it involves a lot of young players. Now they've involved the G League players as well. Some of the best G Leaguers get a chance to play too. Um, Saturday night, I've always loved uh, skills competition. People love it or hate it, or <clears throat> excuse me, people love it or hate it. As I'm losing my voice here, um, three point contest. It's always a great one. Um, obviously, the shooters are, you know, I guess better than other years. Um, but I think what they're doing with Sabrina and, and Steph Curry is really cool, cool this idea. year. Um, and I think the dunk contest is always fun. I really do. I know it's not as uh, – when you set the bar so high with Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine, it's hard to replicate it. But I thought last year was really good. It was. Saw yeah. a lot of unique dunks from Mac McClung. Uh, he's likely to be uh, back yeah. in it this year. Um, I, I think it's a, a still a really fun competition. And the All-Star game – I know uh, last year they kind of got back to the loosey-goosiness of running up the court and chucking up threes from half court, but um, I really liked when they had the target score. I think yes. it was – Yeah, that was, that was a cool idea. It was, it was like entering the fourth quarter, next person – Yes. The leading team has to get to exactly 24 points or something like that. And it was, and it was just a couple – it was about a month after Kobe's passing, mm-hmm. uh, and um, that was one of the most competitive games in the All-Star week – or just All-Star history I've ever seen. I mean, yeah. back and forth, like defense was – a, a, at a premium and it was awesome i love that was one of my favorite all-star mm-hmm. games ever yeah i think they've gone away from the the target score from now on um and i really don't know why i thought it was a good good uh addition Absolutely. um but the nba final or the nba all-star weekend to me has always been special in my heart so it's number one for me uh, home run derby and mlb number two obviously um nfl they shouldn't even do it nhl will hump it at <laughs> hop it nhl will hop it at three gosh bless we need to get out of here don't we yeah. uh, nhl will hop it at three and then nfl uh, at four uh, wow, okay. Well, we will be uh, hopping out of here, not doing the other thing. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. William Patterson, Jace Brown, Dawson Wise joining you on a Thursday. Thank you so much. We'll be right back tomorrow for more Overtime. A brand built in Tennessee and born from the 